Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Roomy Force Calf Cube. Maximize calf performance and health at grass by optimizing the function of the rumen. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Later in the program, changes proposed for the Fair Deal Nursing Home Scheme, agricultural education in the widest sense of the word, also coping with the risk of poaching on grazing land following the heavy rain. Details regarding the candidates going forward for the IFA presidential and vice-presidential elections. On a personal note, a very big thank you to all of those people involved in organising the panel discussion on Farming Through the Years, which took place in Rossmore Theatre, Clonakilty, on Tuesday 26th of September, in support of Pieta House Services. Amongst the key people involved, Donald Donovan, Chair of the IFA West Cork Region, Donald Cashman, former IFA President, contributed to the topic, Sonny O'Leary, formerly Southwestern Services, one of the first AI technicians in the area, Neil O'Leary, sheep farmer and former IFA County Chairman, also contributed. Phil O'Sullivan, former nurse at Tabor Lodge and from Eustacetown, made a big contribution to the discussion on farming through the years on the topic of the woman of the house and the woman of the farm in farming throughout the years. Tom Scannell, engineering lecturer, Clonakilty Agricultural College, spoke on mechanisation and the impact of mechanisation and farm machinery improvements through the years. Also present on stage, and in the audience as well, was Gerard Coakley, winner of the All-Ireland, senior reversible in the National Ploughing Championships 2023, and going forward to compete on behalf of Ireland in Estonia in 2024. Also, thank you to Michael Looney and JJ Hartnett for their very efficient and safe chauffeuring services. And that was all in aid of Pieta House Services, a worthy cause. And also for the capacity audience who turned up to support the fundraising event. And later in this programme, IFA Farm Forestry Chair Mr Jason Fleming says farmers are very concerned about the risk posed by the great spruce bark beetle from importation of timber from Scotland. And he calls for a bark beetle task force to review biosecurity measures. That's later in the programme, ringing the alarm bell for what could pose an extremely dangerous threat to the Irish forestry industry. A call on Minister Pippa Hackett to establish a bark beetle task force immediately. More later in the programme. Mr Neely O'Sullivan, B&T, Dairy Advisor, Chagas Codrum Office in McCroom. First of all, Neely, welcome to the programme. Any upcoming events you'd like to remind our listeners about, Neely? Hi, John, and hello to your listeners. On next Wednesday, the 4th of October, um, there was a Chagas NAHI getting winter ready event taking place uh, on the farm of Tom Jackson, Kildare County Cork. Topics to be discussed include housing requirements, winter nutrition, animal health, and farm safety. And again, it's a Chagas and AHI event. It's a beef farm walk, beef health farm walk taking place on Wednesday the 4th of October at 2pm on the farm of Tom Jackson, Kildare County Cork. And the year code for that is P67PE08. It's quite a timely event. There'll be, there'll be a lot of to be discussed on today. Um, uh, so I look plenty for everyone 
to who would be able to go on the day. Plenty of, of information and advice for farmers there in terms of housing requirements at the time winter feeding and nutrition, animal health at housing time, and uh, a focus there on farm safety also. That sounds fine. Thank you very much indeed, Neely. Now we turn to our main topic. People will realise there's been a lot of rain falling, and this could make um, grazing conditions difficult, potential poaching, etc. What would your advice, Neely, be for listeners in terms of how to best manage grass at this time of the year, with you know, with the rain maybe still lodging in some of the heavy soils? Yeah, so look, I, I suppose, as we all know, look, a lot of rain is actually falling down the last while, which has made conditions extremely poor. Um, heavy ground is, is extremely wet, and I suppose farmers on heavier land are, are considering housing cows at this stage, um, even on farms in, in drier places there. Just from talking to clients there, cows have been in by night for the last few nights, and I suppose, look, the uh, farmers are taking the chance to try to, to get them out even when they can, you know. As I said, look, conditions are very wet uh, and poor, and traffic visibility is very bad, and as a consequence of that, grass is wet also, and I suppose, look, as a consequence of that, dry matters are quite low on the back of it, you know. Look, so cows, because of this, have become very unsettled, and I suppose, look, uh, going through covers extremely, extremely quick. Um, I suppose in terms of management, it, it may be useful to maybe up the meal slightly in the parlour or feed silage. It, it, it may, this may have settled the cows. Um, I suppose, look, grass covers at this time of the year, look, we, we're in the fall of the year, time of year has come in terms of that, we're short on daylight, we're short on drying time. So, look, <clears throat> um, given the inclement conditions, I suppose, look, in terms of traffic ability, we're back to looking at a flexible attitude here in terms of what we don't want to, I suppose, it's to put cows into very, very into very high covers when the weather is wet. And when I say high covers, look, there's been a lot of good growth there in the month of August and the start of September. There's a lot of grass on farms, and I suppose the covers, as a consequence, have become very heavy. So when I say heavy covers, I mean, let's say 2,000 to 2,200, putting cows into those kind of covers <clears throat> when, when the weather is very wet. Look, I suppose, look, they'll walk a lot of it into the ground. And I suppose, look, the flexibility in this is try to go on the lighter covers in, in terms of wet weather uh, to try and maybe eliminate damage and give them as much area as possible. Um, we're back to the, the, the old reliables of um, pigtail posts and I suppose back fencing and we're back into using I suppose, as much access as possible in terms of access points, roadways and I suppose the, the aim of the game here is to try and minimise fortune. Um, <clears throat> I suppose what, we, what we'd like to do here in terms of now from now on is probably setting the farm up for between now and next spring. So, <clears throat> I suppose, uh, we try and set up the farm for the spring of 24, uh, so we should try and do this by, by not damaging land, you know. Um, as I said, look, portrait cars this time of year, it'll be difficult to correct, and I suppose, look, it could well be the cause of pallets underperforming next year into the future, you know. I suppose, look, we're, we're back to the, our flexible attitude just at this time of the year, go go when you can uh, to, to, to paddocks and trying to try and get in and graze them out. You're back to the tools then, John, of, of I suppose, pigtail posts and um, back fencing in terms of allocating area. And I suppose you just try, try in terms of wet weather, you try and pick your dry paddocks, you try and pick your, your your lower covers to try and get through area. And in terms of the dry days, then try and pick your heavier paddocks to, 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 to graze on. We turn now to derogation. A few timely reminders for farmers as regards derogation requirements, as it stands at the moment, you know, grass covers, uh, 20 measures for the year. So a bit of a comment on that, which you feel might be helpful for our listeners, Neely. Uh, I suppose, John, at this time of the year, um, look, for, for this, for this, for this, for those farmers that are in derogation, 
I suppose it, it might be no harm just to maybe check check the pasture base um, the pasture base website in terms of have you your twenty measures recorded before the end of the year. Um, one of the requirements as part of being there in derogation is <clears throat> that you have to measure grass on a regular basis, and as part of that, the requirements there are twenty grass measures for the year. So <clears throat> I suppose now is a good time of year just to check you have enough done, and if you're if you're short one or two, it might be no harm to to record covers just to keep just to keep compliant in terms of that. So you can record your grass covers <clears throat> every five days apart. Uh, so look, it, it may be useful there to maybe make contact with the with, with your advisor or check yourself on the pasture-based website just in terms of how many measures you've completed so far. Um, and I suppose, look, <clears throat> uh, just to remind you to comply with other measures also, um, I suppose, look, in terms of the, if there's line to be spread um, for the start to a derogation, make sure and have that up to date um, and have line dockets up to date as well also. And I suppose, look, <clears throat> the ration side of the house as well, a 14% ration there from April to the end of September also as well. And just suppose, look, just one reminder there. Um, I suppose, look, for farmers who have submitted their, who haven't submitted their nitrates banned yet, um, so they can <clears throat> they can do so um, online through the through their ICBS, and they have one last chance to do it. And the deadline for that is the 30th of September. Um, <clears throat> I suppose, look, the reason I'm saying this is, look, <clears throat> we try and keep an eye out um, and, and, and I and I on these just to keep, make sure everything is above board and look we don't want to incur a penalty on 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 the back of this, you know. So the deadline for the nitrate spending is the thirtieth of September. The nitrate statements um for farmers have come out there in the last in the last ten days. Um look, these these, these are very timely at this time of the year. Um look, I suppose I, I would just advise farmers to, to to check their own nitrate statements or maybe make contact with their own advisor, uh, just to I suppose know where they are. In terms of in terms of organic stocking rate, and I suppose look, um, there's <clears throat> look time is time time is ticking on for that. Now there's about three months to to, to sort out your nitrates to keep under your limits. Be it if you're in derogation, it's to be under 250 kilos of nitrogen per hectare, or if farmers are not in derogation, uh, the limit there is 170 kilos per hectare. So look, uh, now is a good time of year. These statements have come out, and I suppose look, any, any farmer who's highly stocked. Um, it, it would be very prudent to check it out there and make a plan to, to know where you're going in terms of trying to stay under your limits there. Um, <clears throat> some farmers may, may export a bit of slowly. More farmers may, 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 sell, may sell, sell surplus stock that they have around the place to, to keep under that. So it's just a, 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 a small reminder there just to check, check your nitrate statements there, either online through Ag Food or maybe make contact with your own advisor there and they can, they can help to make a plan in, in terms of where you are, where you are in terms of nitrates and how to how to stay on. So thank you very much indeed, Mr. Neely O'Sullivan, B and T Dairy Advisor, Chagas Codrum McCroom. Neely, thank you very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks very much, Jack. Joining us on the farm program, we have Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. Philip, welcome to the program. You have an update now on ploughing matters. Thanks, John. That's correct. Yeah, I am. Um we're going ahead, hopefully, Tupper House Town would be the second match of the Cork East 8. And we're hoping to go ahead on Sunday, tomorrow, Sunday, the 1st of October, weather permitting, of course. And uh, the match is taking place on the lands of Coleman Cronin and family and also the Limehouse, by their kind permission. And actually, we have to say a special thanks to Coleman and family because 
He's very supportive of our local match every year and has no problem in offering us a field. So thanks very much to the Cronin family for the, the field. Now we're hoping to go at 11 o'clock sharp and it's the same venue as past couple of years really at Ballybeg and we will have food in the field. So anybody hoping to, or thinking they might be able to plough, if they get their names into Phelan before 5 o'clock this evening, Phelan's number, Phelan Cotter, Phelan's number is 86 272 That's 086-272-4171. And if you can phone Phelan before 5 o'clock this evening, um, you, should, you should be okay. So that's about it, John. We're hoping to go weather permitting tomorrow, 1st of October, or the second match of the eight for the Cork East. And from now on, we'll be hoping to have um, a succession of them each Sunday for the next four or five weeks. So thanks very much, John. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association, and looking forward to those regular reports from the near future on. Thank you, Philip, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Jason Fleming... Chairperson of the IFA Farm Forestry Committee. Now, Jason, there's an urgent warning for people involved in forestry. There's a great threat to Irish farm forestry coming from Scotland. Would you please remind our listeners what you want the Minister Pipaka to do immediately? The, the, the threat that we're talking about uh, uh, in, in IFA and the Forestry Committee is uh, the, great, the great spruce black beetle, um, and it's I suppose tis tis very active in 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 Scotland at the minute, um, and I, uh, we're importing a lot of a lot of timber from Scotland, a serious amount of timber from Scotland over the last six months there and so on. So what we're we're calling from here, uh, what we're calling for here as a committee is to put a full stop for exports at the minute uh, until until the whole the whole back beetle um, is 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 being investigated and and a full review. Is done on security checks on either side to see what checks have been done on the Scottish side and on the Irish side, because for the simple fact in is that in Scotland at the minute there's zone there's, there's a red zone uh, of uh, the, the southern southern Scotland is, is, is there's a red zone for for the black beetle uh, and what we have here is what we have here what we're what we're saying here is that uh, it's expanding they're expanding that zone and. Um, uh, they're drawing a line in the map, but a line across the road, and the back beetle is on one side, and it's not on the other side. So, uh, as, as I said, we're calling for a full, full stop from from imports here at the minute from Scotland until until there's a full review done. And I suppose, from our point of view, it's better to be proactive than than the much point coming out calling for that after the back beetle. If, if if the back beetle comes in or after it comes in, we must be proactive here. As far as we know, it's not in this country as it is. So we're trying to put a stop to that source. You are now calling as a matter of urgency for Minister Pippa Hackett to establish a bark beetle task force to counter, if at all possible, this great spruce bark beetle. And as things stand from the western area of Scotland, I understand they've established a pest-free area, PFA, and it's only from that area that timber comes into Ireland accompanied with the phytosanitary cert, but really you're saying stop all imports until this thing is sorted out. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what, I'm, that's what we're calling for now. Yeah, it's, it's after moving on a bit since the press release came out there a few days back. There's a serious amount of inquiries of, of what are we doing uh, about to try to stop this coming in. And I think 
There's only one way of stopping it, and like, as I said, and that's, that's call for a full halt. Obviously, we're, talk, we're, 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 we're calling for a tax force, but that's tax force to, 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 to be set up, but that's going to take a bit of time to set up. Um, I suppose how the back weasel, how, how, how it affects the trees is, look, it flies, on, it, flies on, it flies onto the trees, it moves from tree to tree, um, and then um, there's a tunnel into the, to the back of the living tree. So it affects the trees slowly and, 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 and surely, and, and, and then it, it, it kills the trees. So as I said, we have a scenario in this country before, uh, with the likes of ash dieback coming into coming into this country, and, and, and we see the way that that has killed most of the ash trees. Ninety-nine percent, ninety-nine percent of the ash, ash plantations are, are dying, if not dead. So what we're saying here is we don't want a scenario like that again. And especially the way ash farmers has been treated with the last nine or ten years, there no proper compensation, no real, no real. I suppose uh, the compensation part is a big factor because, for, for the simple fact is. Um, they have a plantation, maybe 20 or 30 acres, and they're dealing with a dead crop, and the, the, the crop is worthless, and the land is worthless as well. So we, can, we cannot have that uh, with, with, with the sickest spruce sites. Sounding the alarm bell there very loudly, Mr. Jason Fleming, IFA Farm Forestry Chair, because this beetle has spread devastation, not just in Scotland, but in Germany and other places, and we must stop imports from any suspect area at all. Thank you very much indeed, Jason, and we hope that the Minister will take up your alarm warning and stop this entering our country. Thank you very much indeed, Jason. Thanks a million. Thank you. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by the ICSA, Irish Cattle and Chief Farmers Association, National President, Mr. Dermot Keller. Dermot, welcome to the programme. Now, you've been recovering, but uh, some weeks ago, you had a serious farm accident, a warning to all other farmers. Would you please confirm the circumstances of your accident? Well, John, I suppose it's like this. We were living out, not because out of the yard, out of one of the yards, uh, we really have tests. And he had to come right, and my son was bringing half or something aside. And to make sure the heifers wouldn't get mixed in, when I opened the gate and the gate opens out, I came back in, I walked back in along, no matter what I'm doing, I have done before, but sometimes I'd walk away out before him to the corner, but I walked in along to make sure the cows were gone, and there was a um, walking beside a cow, big jolly cow, but four or five more cows trying to pass them out the gate, and the whole of them squeezed me up against the wall, John. And I had five fractured ribs, and I was well swollen and well swelled, and but I'm getting over it. I, I'm a lot better now. But I, I, got, I got a fair good squeezing, John. Now, Dermot, is there any precaution farmers could take, a fairly simple precaution, which could very well have averted the accident? You say you, you <laughs> usually carry a stick, but uh, what, you weren't <laughs> carrying one on that occasion. I had a stick kept over my hand, and I opened the gate, and I didn't catch it in my hand again, and if I had a stick in my hand, I went to be as brave, John, but... That's what happens when you, when you stop thinking and you're in a, in a hurry, John. And look, what can I say? <laughs> we're testing that now over 24 or 5 years, but the, my, like my grandmother was saying, I'll go to the well and get, go to the well to get broken in the end. Um, I took a chance I shouldn't have taken, John. Quiet kind of cattle, really. They weren't crossed, but no, they all they tried saw, to... But yeah, they weren't to drive cows to her. So I've never calves since. There were a lot of cows down the last couple of weeks, but they were walking out, outdoors the gate, and um, they came to squeeze me up against the wall, but they didn't, they didn't attack me or anything, it was just one of the worst things. If I was a cow, I'd have been all right, but I wasn't. I was only a human being, so I, I suffered. 
you don't actually believe in using the stick very much uh, with uh, cattle, but these no, poor animals... You were saying, I've got to have a stick in your hand. Um, first slapping cattle or thing, you've got to have a stick in your hand. No, you don't have to go wallopping. I don't, I don't think I ever... I wouldn't lay a hand on a stick at all. I don't believe in it, but if I had a stick in my hand, they probably wouldn't be this brave to try and pass me out. Do you know Of course. That's the only thing I can think of if I had my stick in my hand. It might have been happened this fast. I was gone two or three months, did the upside, I'd be the way you like. Do you know Probably when there was a bit around and a bit of commotion going on, the other side said, I'm over here. And um, I walked between a cow and the wall, I had my hand up, up, up in her back. But trotting that cow till about four more cows came on the other side of her and pushed her up against me. Thank you, Dermot. Dermot Kelleher, ICSA National President. Not fully recovered after your accident, but uh, almost 100%. Thank you, Dermot, very much indeed. The IFA presidential election debates take place between Monday 2nd of October and Monday 30th of October. In all, there will be 16 debates that cover each of the 29 IFA county executives. The county executives of West Cork and Cork Central have the honour of hosting the first debate between candidates running for president and deputy president in McCroom, County Cork, and Donegal will close the series at the end of October. The full list can be seen on the IFA website www.ifa.ie, all lowercase. Francie Gorman from Leash and Martin Stapleton from Limerick are running to be the 17th president of the IFA. Two Candidates will contest the deputy presidency of the IFA. They are Alice Doyle from Wexford and Pat Murphy from Galway. IFA National Returning Officer Brian Rush encouraged members, farmers and those in the sector to attend a debate during October to hear from the candidates. He said this will provide the members with an opportunity to assess the two candidates before they decide who to vote for. He said all our branch officers, county officers and national officers are elected by farmers. The president and deputy president of the IFA are elected directly by members. They are truly representative of farmers and they carry a genuine mandate once elected. He said debates for the regional chairs will also take place in October with voting on the night of each debate. For the first time, members will receive their vote in the post and they can either return the vote by post or cast their vote at their branch AGM. The election count will take place on December the 12th. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Miss Amy Ford, Deputy News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. In the journal this week, Amy, the issue of the Fair Deal scheme and some planned amendments. Now, I understand the amendments, they have to go before the Doyle first. You might outline what amendments are proposed and how they would benefit uh, farmers. Yeah, John, of course. So essentially, there's new amendments go- that's hopefully going to be passed by the Doyle that will mean that the Fair Deal scheme will essentially be widened so that there's more people recognised as successors under it. Um, it's one of, as you said, two planned amendments to the scheme, which is also known as the Nursing Home Support Scheme. So the definition of who can act as a family successor under the scheme is actually going to be widened. So it will include cousins, great-nephews, great-nieces and great-grandchildren of either the resident of their or their partner. So it essentially means that more people in the family could possibly, you know, if someone doesn't have a next to kin, like a son or daughter, if they're not passing it from mother to daughter, father to son, father to daughter and so on, that there's basically more of a pull there and um, 
a broadening of the legislation essentially to accept more family members into the scheme. The Minister, Minister Mary Butler, I think she had in mind coping with situations where there were quite a few single farmers, male or female, who didn't actually have the opportunity to have a next of kin. And in that case, the extension to other relatives, that would be a great move forward. Exactly. That's really going to benefit them. So as you said there, she said she came across quite a few single farmers that didn't have the opportunity to have a next of kin. So instead, they might have a distant cousin or a grandniece or nephew, and she's going to broaden that legislation to include them that they won't be kind of caught out, essentially. This indeed might open the way for more younger farmers to actually have a farm of their own, bearing in mind the problem of uh, younger farmers, before they get, you know, beyond a certain age, having a farm of their own, under their own control. So this could open the way for more younger farmers to actually own their own farm. Exactly, John. So it's a really positive move and one that, you know, there is a bit of a backup there in the doll at the minute in terms of getting through legislation, not just on the farming and agriculture side, but across the board. So it'll be interesting to see when these changes are actually debated and, and passed through and come into effect. Uh, at this minute in time, we don't have a date uh, as to when they'll actually come into effect. So I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who'd be hoping that this would come into effect sooner rather than later. And indeed, there are a number of clinics being organised by Chagas, transferring the family farm clinics. There's one on Wednesday, 4th of October, 10 a.m., Celtic uh, Ross Hotel, Ross Carberry in County Cork. And that follows one on Tuesday, 3rd of October at 10am to it, Ballygarry Estate Hotel, Tralee County Kerry. So I'm sure the fair deal scheme would figure in any negotiations regarding transferring the family farm. For sure, John, it'll definitely be taken into account. I suppose some of the other key things that will be discussed and can be discussed at those meetings are, you know, what is the cost of transferring the family farm? Is there a cost? What are the legal actions they have to take? Are there tax implications? Um, you know, what if I have one person I want to pass it on to, but there's, you know, two people have worked on it their whole lives. You know, there's a lot of questions and a lot of complex situations, I'm sure, that come up at these clinics. And anyone that's considering or that hasn't, you know, got a succession plan in place for their farm, they're really being urged by Chagas to go to these meetings. There's a rake of them around the country over the next two or three weeks. And they did take place during the daytime. I think they all kick off around 10 o'clock in the morning. And it's literally you and your partner or whoever can go in and discuss your situation and your farm um, with uh, with an advisor, with a specific family farm advisor about transferring your farm, what you need to get in place, who you need to have in place. And as I said, the legal and tax implications of it as well. You might just explain about the three-year look-back. So I think the three-year look-back, that figures somewhere in the calculation. It does, John. The change in the scheme, it means that after a period of three years, the value of family-owned farms and businesses will no longer be considered when calculating the cost of a person's nursing home care, which is a massive lift off people. Um, And that'll happen where a family successor commits to work in the farm or the business. And the Act extends the... So the changes, the proposed changes, extends... The existing three-year cap on contributions to the to the cost of care to the proceeds of a sale of, of, of a person's principal and residence as well. And it's intended that this um, change will remove any disincentive for people who want to sell their vacant home potentially while, while in the fair deal. So big, big changes all around. That's great. And I think, of course, this was first mooted at the national planning competitions. We're hoping now it gets uh, through the doyle and finally becomes law. Yeah, so that, I mean, Mr. Mary Butler announced that during town um, 
last week it, it doesn't feel like it was only a week ago um, that the plowing was on it feels like a lot, long longer way so as I said earlier hopefully that the, the doll gets uh, to debate and discuss this moving forward and that more family farms can be passed on essentially and that in, in terms of the fair deal as well that you know people don't have to be worried about their nursing home care and fees and so on So certainly this is something to be welcomed and if people want to read more you've been covering this in the Irish Farmers Journal Well thank you very much indeed for discussing the conditions which we hope will take place regarding the fair deal regulations Thank you Miss Amy Ford Deputy News Editor Irish Farmers Journal Thank you Amy very much indeed Thanks a million Thanks John Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr Joe Day from Kildalton College, Piltown, Kenny. Joe, welcome to the programme. Now, you might please remind our listeners what your own role is in terms of education, and the modern trend, of course, to some extent, is distance learning. I think you're involved with that. But you might please review your own role and the kind of education that you're involved in providing at Kildalton Agricultural College. Uh, thanks very much for having us on, John. Um, as you say, my own name is Joe Day. I'm from uh, Whitegate in East Cork myself. I'm, I'm um, gainfully employed in Kildarton Agricultural College there in Piltown, County Kilkenny, um, since the mid-noughties, and my own role has evolved over time to um, be part of the, the dry stock team up here, but also in, involved in um, delivering some courses in the, the SETU, or as we use called the WIT, the Water Institute Technology, and degree programmes in both agriculture and agricultural science, as well as some extracurricular um, activities with the students there, such as hurling in the football and things like that. Um, we have an open day coming up on Friday, the 6th of October, and um, it's preferable for people to arrive between 10 and 11 because that will give them a good hour and a half, two hours to get a, a proper tour in in terms of meeting staff, uh, hearing out, the, I suppose, the, the housekeeping elements in terms of things like um, fees, uh, accommodation, uh, application procedures, as well as going out in the yard and seeing some of the facilities we have, meeting the staff and the students, and uh, seeing some, I suppose, the, the tools and aids that we use to, 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 to educate some of the um, students coming to us for both agriculture horticulture and the um, equitation of the, the equine courses they're dealing with horses so um, ideally if they were to contact us here in Kildalton between 10 and 11 if they were coming as groups and um, we could look to steer them towards a, a time that they might get um, in and out best and uh, it's, as I say that's on Friday the 6th of October you mentioned there about distance education it's, it's definitely a, a growth area in the last um, five to seven years here in Kildalton um, we've evolved the course from uh, taking about 16 to 18 months on, on a part-time basis for a student um, who would sign on with us but who is working elsewhere in full-time employment or um, at, at home on a farm to the point where we now deliver it from December one year to December the next year over 20 days um, on site with a, a, um, a lot of the theory done themselves with self-directed learning. So the days they turn up to Kildarton, they're actually doing skills training or skills assessment or discussion groups with their colleagues or um, going out on commercial farms. And the actual page turning of, of reading books and learning the theory components, they would actually manage that themselves in their own right. Um, the prerequisite for joining that course would be being over 23 and having achieved a level six major award. So that would mean that someone has achieved a, a, a trade through FOSS, as it was, or SOLUS, um, or uh, the, the equivalent of having a, a diploma or um, a degree or a higher certificate recognised by QQI. But again, that's for, for people over 23. Um, primarily the focus now on the six will be for those in the kind of the age group of 17 to, to, to 20 that are looking to, to go down the route of a career in agriculture, horticulture or equitation and looking to build on maybe the more practical side of it 
um, because most of the course in Kildalton would be, in general, would be 50% practical in first year and 50% theory. Now, Joe, to register or to find out more about Kildalton College, have you a phone number or is there a website? And you might also yeah. please give us details of the cost of the courses, some of the respective courses, and if there are grants available. But very importantly, a telephone or website contact. Okay, so the actual main reception number here at Kildalton is 051 and um, that will get you through to some of my colleagues there that, that depending on what you're inquiring about and who you want to speak to, they'll, they'll get you to the right person from that number. Um, we are, um, there's links there through the Chagas Education. Um, if you went to chagas.ie and go to the education link, you'll make your way to Kildalton College there, just following the link in terms of choosing education and agriculture colleges as opposed to the county offices. And then you, you'll find the link for Kildalton. Um, and that gives good information on maybe the, the farm and the facilities here. But also, if you were, um, I suppose, a lot of the younger people now are very social media savvy. So if you, uh, you can look get, I suppose, a lot of information as well through either Instagram or our Facebook page there at um, Kildalton College Instagram or Kildalton College Facebook and that would be updated there several times a week with a lot of the, the goings on in terms of, we'll say, students' activities as well as, um, I suppose, uh, uh, progression for where some of our students end up in both careers and other courses as they, as they leave after predominantly Level 5 and Level 6 courses here. And you mentioned there just in terms of um, uh, the fees and grant aid, um, we ourselves um, don't actually administer a grant. There's a group, an organization there, Susie, that would actually deal with the grant um, for, for those that would be eligible for the grant that would deal with that. Um, and there's information on the Chagas Education um, website in connection with how to contact them and just a um, broad outline of what the criteria would be. It has to do with your distance of your, from your permanent address from the college and there's various grant uh, rates payable based on attendance on on the given day, let's say. Um, so we take um, uh, role sheets or we, we take attendance records um, twice a day there. For, and it's very important for those that are eligible for the grant to actually um, take clock in or sign and we use a, an electronic um, way of tracking attendance like that um, because the grant is paid out two or three times a year based on the number of days that were fully attended by the students that are eligible for the grant up till then. Could I ask you, Joe, in terms of um, the time, some people are working on family farms and it's rather difficult to get away. So could you give an idea of just how flexible these courses are? Must a person be a resident in the vicinity and attend every day for a specific number of weeks or months? Or are there weekly courses? Exactly how flexible are your courses? Okay, so for the it was a good question, John. Actually, just for and again on the day we're dealing with, a, 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 I suppose a, a number of different options. So the, the, this was the most straightforward. The traditional option would be where someone, and not always, but in general, in that kind of seventeen, eighteen year old bracket, would come in here post um, uh, post secondary school and would do two full years with us, and that would be through of the horticulture, the equitation, and the agriculture courses. Now, within that two years, I suppose two years sounds like a two full uh, twelve month period of time, but obviously enough the academic year is quite broken up between Halloween, Christmas, Easter during the summer and within that you're really talking about a period of work experience in first year and of um, about eight weeks 
and in second year about 16 weeks so the first year um, they would have to do the placement in Ireland second year they could do the placement abroad um, but we obviously where you go and what you do is regulated so we can look after students like that and, and um, guarantee the level of, of training that they're getting um, in terms so that would be uh, the agricultural courses at level 5 and level 6 in terms of the more flexible options as you maybe alluded to there and um, for someone who um, maybe due to circumstances or ambition they stay at home or they rent land and they go farming and they're looking to come back to education there's two real options really one would be the distance education course once they're over 23 provided they have achieved a level six major award or higher in the meantime they're eligible to, to you know pursue their career keep going with family farming and all the rest of it on a weekly basis but they would be coming into us as i say um over 20 days i think it's about five of them saturdays i'd say from, from december to december there is a part-time option and um, some colleges or centers um Chagas offices would run the that course on an afternoon basis some of them run on a daily basis some run it at night but there is options in some Chagas centers to do what they call the part-time course for someone who hasn't achieved a level six major award or higher they haven't gone off and got a trade and they're looking to come back and do their agri-training and that, that part-time course as we call it it takes in most places 16 to 18 months to do it but you can keep going with your know, family farming uh, work in the meantime and um, but it, it is um it's a, really a halfway house between the distance education option which is uh, very intensive, um, 18 to 20 days over kind of a 13-month period, or the, the, the course where you'd actually be on site here with us over two years, with the exception of work experience. There is, as well, just a flag, um, there is, um, I suppose, the new option of the apprenticeships, whereby someone who is working somewhere, happy working there, or has just commenced working there, and is looking to stay there, and wants to do their agri-training, there is the option of exploring an apprenticeships, whereby that employer would sponsor the person, for want of a better expression, they would be the host, and uh, the student would be contracted to, to work there, but under agreement that they would be released on certain blocks during the year to come in and do theory classes and assessments, and over the course of a, a two-year program would progress then to the, the, the equivalent of, let's say, initially a farm technician, and over time then to a farm manager role. So for those that don't want to, to come into an agricultural college, would rather focus maybe on more on-site learning. Uh, the apprenticeships certainly an option to explore. And um, at the moment, the apprenticeships there would be at farm manager and sports management would be the focus of them. Over time, it's hoped they'll involve more into um, the equitation side and more of the horticulture ones and agriculture ones as well. That sounds an amazing range of uh, subjects there. Could you please, again, in case someone missed it last time and wasn't ready to take down the phone numbers or the connections, you might please give us the details of your website or the main phone number, Joe, speaking to yeah, Mr. Joe no Day. Uh, so, Joe, for someone, if they want to have a second crack at writing down the numbers. No problem at all. So the, the main um, number here in terms of the main reception where my colleagues would be happy to um, take a query or divert you towards the person that could answer your, your query. And um, the main reception number is 051-644-400. And certainly if, um, if you go into the Chagas website and follow the link through to education, agricultural colleges, you'll find a lot of information there on Kildalton College and our courses. And the third option is through social media, through um, Kildalton College Instagram and Kildalton College Facebook pages. There's both contacts and updates there in terms of what's going on in the colleges 
and, and uh, the, I suppose the various options for progression as well. Just a flag, we will have our, our partners from SETU, formerly called WIT, on site, just um, to, I suppose, bring quickly maybe at this stage parents, but also prospective students through the options that if they were to go to Kildalton, how they might link into over time. Some of them might wish to progress on a degree route of that, and they will be on site from both agriculture and agricultural science to answer any queries that... Um, primarily parents, but also maybe um, young learners might have about their options there. And I understand from that, Joe, that it's uh, quite acceptable for parents to come along with their young children. And, it's, you know, it's part of the open day that parents and children or the family could come along in order that the parents would be involved as well as the their children, you know, deciding their future, if it's to be in agriculture, horticulture or some other aspect of the courses you provide at Kildalton College, Pilltown, County Kilkenny. Absolutely, so John, there's no problem there if a, if a parent wants to bring along a young lady or a young gent and uh, maybe either another family member or one or two of their friends from the school that are interested as well. We often see that where if a parent bring along three or four um, um, uh, elderly teenagers for want to wear a description that might be in fifth year or leaving search or maybe transition year and just to start maybe the process of asking questions about their options into the future. And Likewise, we often have one or two students get off a bus there with um, 20 or 30 students from an ag science class and uh, they then would be approaches from the point of view of maybe looking at the skills training or the various enterprises they could learn from. So um, both options and everything in between are more than welcome on the day. If you're coming as a, as a group of maybe two or three, like a, a parent and a friend or a young person, by all means, any time between 10 and 11, we'll put you as part of a group on a tour. If you're bringing, if you're hoping to bring a larger group, it's best book in uh, through 51 um, so that we know when the different groups are going so that we don't keep it too long as such waiting and that we get you on a tour and get them around the college there to see what's, uh, what's an offer and um, hopefully answer any queries they might have. But again, if a parent wants to turn up and ask about um, dietary needs or look at the accommodation that we have on site or things like that, the things that maybe the, the students mightn't be inclined to ask themselves, they're more than welcome to wait on the day. One thing just to flag there, John, is that there's an increasing number of students presenting in, um, in the last number of years with um, maybe more awareness of how they learn and maybe difficulties they might have. We call it the access program as such where we try to cater for those that um, would um, would know they're maybe dyslexic or have um, certain needs when it comes to maybe the phrasing of questions or the size of font or, or maybe someone reading out questions to them and dictating the answer. That. So um, we, we have a, a dedicated officer there, Mary, that deals with that. So if, if the students or their parents have... And concerns about how the student might evolve from secondary school into um, a third level as such and uh, would be anxious to maybe uh, get confidence and more information on that, then certainly Mary and Axis here would, would be happily talked through, um, this, I suppose, the various suite of aids uh, that we can provide for, for that given student on a one-to-one um, -on -one basis now as opposed to a public forum. We do it discreetly, but professionally, and um, certainly there's various things we can do to help someone um, that might, I'd say, have, um, be more challenged when it comes to maybe learning or concentrating. Well, that's quite amazing. Something to spark the interest of a younger person in choosing a career they potentially have a great lot of interest in. Remind us the open day, the date of the open day, and your own role in the college, Mr. Joe Day. Thanks, John. So, um, as you said, Joe is my own name. Um, I'm involved in the dry stock community here primarily, but also involved in some of the 
the modules that will be delivered to the um, ACTU degree level programs as well, and also I'm um, very much about the distance education programs here, what we call the adult learners, those that are over 23 and have achieved a major six level award or higher, and are looking to do, we'll say, um, a fairly intensive program to achieve their green cert over 13 months where they come in. Um, one day, we, um, a month to us, as well as a, a number of Saturdays to achieve that. Um, and in terms of our open day, it's on Friday, the 6th of, of October. Um, at, uh, ideally, if the, if the groups turn up from 10 o'clock onwards, we can put them on tours. The tour takes probably about an hour and a half, so it's preferable from their point of view to turn up before 11 and particularly those that are trying to get back to schools for lunches or other classes or that. So Friday, the 6th of October, between 10 and 11, here in Kildarton Agricultural College. Well, that's amazing. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Joe Day, Drysdale Enterprise, Kildalton College, Pilltown, Kilkenny. Thank you very much indeed, Joe. And I understand, in fact, you have uh, very strong core connections. I, I'm, I'm from Whitecake myself, and uh, as I say, I, I've um, been gainfully employed here or, or in exile here, whatever way you want to look at it, for the, for the, um, the last number of years. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's um, a very progressive place to, to, to work. The students certainly keep you young and challenge you, and uh, there's, there's a wide variety of enterprises here to stimulate your interests as well, so um, you don't feel the years going uh, in, in this kind of employment. Joe, thank you very much indeed for your patience and time. Thank you, Joe. Thanks very much, John. And that's the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks for listening. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.